0: hey and a very warm welcome to the into the light web podcast with me your hostess joanna hunter metaphysical teacher spiritual life and business coach published author and the high priestess of the light web a spiritual technology that will change your life this is the place to be to talk everything under the light web from consciousness relationships to money to spiritual business and everything in between It's Joanna Hunter here for the Into the Live Web Podcast, and I am joined by the gorgeous Tony Patillo this time on my Million Dollar Lab series. And I'm so excited to speak to this woman because she sounds like an absolute phenomenal entrepreneur, and I cannot wait to get into this interview. Warm welcome, Tony. Come and introduce yourself and tell people what you do in the world.
1: Oh wow. You know, thank you. Thank you so much. And It is an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, I, too, am very excited about this podcast. I love the concept. Uh, It's right up my alley. And uh, I've been, you know, I've been into metaphysics for many, many years now. I want to say at least, well, I don't want to date myself, but at (laughs) least 30 years. (laughs) So it's been really uh, quite a journey. Um, i've been I'm an entrepreneur I'm also a real estate broker I've been in real estate for 20 years prior to real estate I was in the entertainment business for 20 plus years so I've had a very interesting journey but I found that throughout this this these last 40 years plus there's been a consistent theme and it all revolves around mindset and intuition so uh, it's been pretty pretty exciting and uh yeah I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to get into the to the dialogue
0: awesome I love it um so for me as well metaphysics has been a lifelong journey tell us a little bit about when you were younger and you were starting to maybe have your first business or build at what age were you when you first started your first business
1: wow well, you know, I actually started my first little business when I was probably 12 years old and I was uh babysitting. I did mm-hmm. some babysitting for for to earn income. Um, I also worked and uh I worked for um you, you know, my parents moved us from Washington, from Los Angeles when I was 5 years old up to uh, Yakima, Washington, which is in the northern Pacific Northwest, and of course, um, it, you know, it was quite an experience. My mother was a real estate broker at this, as well. Okay. But when she had an opportunity to go up to uh, the Pacific Northwest to, to practice real estate, but when, when we got there, they discovered she was African American, and suddenly okay. the position went away. So our life took uh, quite a shift. Uh, we we ended up being quite involved in the civil rights movement. Okay, so immediately uh, my first journey at the schools we were I was dealing with racism. So mm-hmm. I, you know, my mom pulled me out of the schools and I was home taught. Okay, so from a very young age I've been, you know, I grew up as kind of you know working from home if you would, um, mm-hmm. okay. studying with my mom. And then as soon as I got old enough to start doing things to generate my own income, I did that. And little odd That's jobs that. here and there, right? Um, the moment I got out of school, um, I actually started working with my sister, who's a vocalist and I was helping her with her career. Okay. And from there I Uh, I, I, you know, I eventually, of course, I graduated from high school, went to college, and then out of college, I immediately jumped out and started working with my sister. And from there, I, that's my journey into the entertainment business. Uh, Worked with Dick Clark, uh, initially, for five years, worked with him, uh, helping him to to go public in the Mm -hmm. finance arena. From there, I went to work for Motown. And okay. both of these uh, employers at the time were entrepreneurs. And so I believe I got bit <laughs> by the <laughs> by the uh, my entrepreneurial wings. Really, uh, I credit to both Dick Clark and, and Barry Gordy because they were two major entrepreneurs. And I really um, grew up watching them with mindset, focus and vision and really watching them manifest things Mm. that uh, were pretty powerful. Right. And so from there, I, um, you know, having worked for both of them, obviously I was an employee at the time, but right out of that journey, I, you know, decided that I wanted to have my own business very early on. I wanted to have my own business. And so I in, ended up investing while I was in the entertainment business. I ended up investing in a franchise uh, okay. and the franchise was based, was born out of South Africa and they had brought them their, their, their brand over to the uh, United States. It's called Madame Monsieur, and it was a weight management uh, operation. Um,
2: okay.
1: It was t- uh, electrotherapy is, is the te- technology that we were using to tone the body, and to break down fat. And so I had the opportunity to acquire a franchise and run that franchise. There were eight franchises here in the United States, and I had one of those eight here in uh, Pasadena.
0: Incredible!
1: Yeah, so that was was an experience. And that was right at the tail of my journey with the entertainment business. So once I launched, um, and it was called Madame et Monsieur, once I launched that business, uh, I then wor- worked my way out of the entertainment business. And then I was off to a run. Then I got introduced to real estate. And when I got involved in real estate, you know, it was very interesting because I, uh, I bought my first home when I was in the entertainment business. But I had never, ever had a, a, a vision of being a realtor. Uh, this was not something that I actually uh, woke up one day and said, I want to be a realtor. That was not the case at all. So once I got in real estate, it was my realtor who actually, you know, encouraged me to get in the business. She wanted me to come and actually partner with her. So I did, I got in the business, I got in real estate. And uh, the first few years, of course, you know, just getting, getting involved with learning how to uh, generate leads and, and bring in new business. And most of my business was by referral. It was all by referral. Um, oh, I think we lost you. Well, this is a wonderful world of technology. There we go. There we go. Can you hear me? I can't hear you
0: let's see I'm there we are so oh, okay. sorry for that we lost you for a second i'm so yeah, sorry yeah that's okay i live in the highlands of scotland so sometimes our internet oh. is not always okay <laughs> normally it's fine but today was just like oh okay yeah, so.
1: <laughs> well i was so just sorry. saying the wonderful world of technology <laughs> it's all good
0: it's all yeah. good so tell you so where i where it cut off was you had just bought your first home Yes. So, if we can take it out from there, that would sure,
1: be sure. Well, I bought my first home, and oh boy, it was 1995, somewhere around there, mid 90s. And the the woman who I bought my home with uh, actually stayed very close to me and became friends with me. And so, when I got towards the end of my uh, entertainment career, she suggested that I get into real estate. And what I was saying is that I had no vision, no desire. I never woke up any day and said, I want to be a realtor. It was just not in my, it wasn't in my radar at all. And she said, you know, you really should get in in the business with me. She said, you've got all the skill set for negotiating. You've got a great Rolodex. You've got wonderful people skills and I think you would be amazing. And I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I want to be a realtor, right? Well, as it turned out, I ended up getting my license. I got in the business. I went to work with her. Uh, initially, like I said, I wasn't really excited about it, but I thought, you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, I had a certain income I was accustomed to earning with the entertainment business. So this was kind of a interesting um liaison if you would to go to for the same type of money and if not more right Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: it it really wasn't about the money it was more about me being excited about what I was going to be doing you know and Mm -hmm. so I did get in, in into the real estate business and then 2005 was like an amazing year everything was fantastic you know the market was up we were all—I mean, every anybody could sell real estate in 2005. It was one of those years, right? But in 2006, something very interesting started to shift, and the market started to uh, calm down. The value started coming down. Uh, the economy, and then suddenly in 2007, we had a we had a crash. 2008, it got worse. Um, that was when I had clients who really needed help. They needed support because suddenly their values were less than what they owed on the property. Yeah. Um, suddenly their businesses were being affected by what was happening in the economy. Everyone, including myself, needed help and needed to get, be guided through this, this crisis that we were dealing with. And I decided, you know, there was a, a plenty of opportunity for me to go back to entertainment or go get some sort of an, another job, if you would. Uh, but I decided to suit up, show up, and master the market of the moment. And that is literally when I really fell in love with what I was doing. And I was working with people through crisis. I was being of service. I was getting people through some of the tough, the most tough and vulnerable times of their life. And suddenly I found my purpose. You know, I found that that is who, this is who I am. I, I work with people to get them through things. And over the years, you know, I, when I look back even into the entertainment business and even prior to entertainment, when I was in corporate world, I was always looking to empower people, empower and support them, empower, educate them. Every time I'd come across a new book or, and I was always reading metaphysical books and books about self-help and, and, and personal development. So, these were the things that I fell in love with, and things that I always wanted to share. I wanted to share it because I knew that it would help people get them through things, right? So, I really took a uh, a, a real serious, you know, point of my life where I just embraced that part of my world, and so my business was doing fantastic. I ended up having to hire negotiators to come and work with me and we developed a company. uh, It's called LA City Short Sales. And for many, many years, we supported a lot of realtors and clients in getting through the crisis, getting through that economic crash that we were dealing with. So um, that was a real exciting time and it was a very fulfilling time because we were really supporting a lot of families now i've always worked with a coach and coaches are some i I believe everybody needs a coach okay because we all need (laughs) to be right we need accountability and we need a sounding board and we need guidance and, and 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 direction right so my coach said to me, uh, I'd been working with him for about six years at the time. And he said, Tony, what are you going to do when these short sales dry up and the market starts to recover? And, uh, you know, where, are you gonna, where do you think you want to go with your business? Because he knew that I'd fallen in love with what I was doing and the concept of what I was doing. So I said, don't worry. I said, There's, I will find my space. I will find my, my, my next niche, if you would. And sure enough, in uh, my mom, my mom and dad, my dad died in 1990. So he wasn't around when I got into the real estate business. I was still in entertainment. But when I got into real estate, my mother had been living by herself up in Washington State. And I decided to bring her down. She was starting to have a couple of health challenges. I brought her down to California, back to California, and to, to hang out with me, I didn't tell her she was I was moving her to California because she wouldn't have gone for that <laughs> she she loved to travel and she loved to be with her kids and her grandkids so I said, Mom, why don't you come down here and hang out with us for a while and sure enough she did um, she ended up having to have a uh, open heart surgery because she had a, oh some, some you know heart heart issues well, you know she um Never went back. She never went back to Washington State because she ended up staying here. I ended up caring for her along with my siblings. We took care of my mom. And that was the beginning of my caregiving journey. And for all those years, we had the honor and the blessing to be able to take care of my mom and keep her with us throughout her to, to the end of her life. So she made her transition and uh and this is i'm still in real estate during this time and i started to recognize that america was aging and of course i'm a baby boomer and you know there was tons of us that were in this scenario where we were caring for our parents and some of some of us boomers who had kids i don't have any kids personally but a lot of people had their kids and they had their parents. Kind of this sandwich generation, if you would. But there was this whole thing where people were caring for their their parents.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: watching people going through transition. Again, this presented another opportunity for me to learn more about this lifestyle transition. Because everybody... None of us are going to get out of here alive. Number one, and you know, and nobody got the book on how 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 this transition works, right? And so, uh, I started to realize that everybody was dealing with this on some level or another. So I went and got certified. There was a course uh, by the National Association of Realtors had a course called the Senior Real Estate Specialist. So I took this course, it was a two-day course, and I got the designation and I started to really study the market and really specialize in that space. I love that space so much because I had that personal uh, interaction with with caring for my mom. And I decided, you know, there's got to be other realtors who are going through this who would also love to specialize in this space because this is a, 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 a genre, this is a, a space where people need specific support, even as it relates to their real estate, okay? So I decided to become a teacher, and I went mm-hmm. and, and actually got the certification to teach the Senior Real Estate Specialist course, and, and that's it, the, the designation course. So I, I got that, and then I started teaching realtors how to work in the 50 plus market we call it the 50 plus market because that's where all these lifestyle you know transitions take place again it's another area of empowerment another space of caregiving and
0: yes in that market i can imagine that many people some people feel a little bit victimized by it as well right they they move into the victim energy And they feel like, you know, wow, I had so many plans, but now my parents really need me or, you know, and it can really move into that energy of victimization. I love that you've taken this empowerment stance on it, because it is. And what I love about what I've heard of your story so far is that when these big life challenges have come your way, instead of kind of crumbling with them and the rest of society Mm -hmm. all of these have presented an opportunity for amazing growth for you personally on a personal level but also as well for helping other people it's like every time the chips are down yeah Tony is called to help it's like you're called into the it's like that's what's activating your calling in a way So take us a little bit further into the story because I'm loving hearing you moving into this 50 plus market, really embodying that because you this is what's happening in your life at the time. Yep. And and really so you're embodying what you're presenting and teaching and and sharing with the world, which I think is so important to embody our messages and live our messages. Yeah. So where where are we now? How is this all unfolded here?
1: What's, what's interesting is, uh, my mom made her transition in 2011 and then a couple of years later, I get a call. Now I have, um, three siblings. I'm the youngest of four and my oldest sister made her transition back in 1999. She had multiple sclerosis now, uh, What's interesting is that my brother, who's the oldest, he's the only boy, he's the oldest, he's 17 years older than than I am. And then my next sister is 11 years older than I am. So okay. I was quite a bit younger than all of my siblings. And I grew up sort of as an only child at home because mm-hmm. all of my siblings were, gone married with children or my my old, my next
0: sisters
2: we, was we have the
0: same we have a 25 year old a 24 year old and then we have an 11 year old really so, yeah so we we have the same and we love it and she's like a little only child as well although she has yeah. brothers and sisters but you know it's yeah it so is you amazing.
2: understand
0: yeah completely but it's lovely it's so nice yeah yeah and you probably your siblings probably doted on you because our our older (laughs) children adore our youngest
2: yes
1: yeah oh yeah it was it was wild you know growing up as a matter of fact my mom was pregnant with me at the same time my brother's wife was pregnant so so my nephew and I are literally within a year of each other and uh it's pretty pretty funny yeah so so I get this phone call from one of my brother's kids. He has like six kids and tons of grandkids. I get this call from one of his daughters and she says, you know, Tony, I don't know, something's, something's not right with dad. I, I, I think you should check on him. Now, my brother lived in Phoenix, Arizona for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. He would often come here and visit our mom and help with her care. But he, he resided in, in Phoenix, Arizona. So my sister and I decided, let's go and surprise him for Father's Day, and then we'll check on him and see what's going on. But my my, my niece had indicated that his his something was off with his conversation and just something wasn't right. Sure enough, his cognitive abilities had been um, affected. He ended up we found out he was diagnosed with colon cancer, mm-hmm. and. We ended up having to bring him here to California, brought him here to have a surgery uh, and to get him through this crisis that he was dealing with. Um, The doctors gave him, he had stage four colon cancer. They gave him six months to live. Well, you know, our family is very strong minded and we don't believe that somebody can just dictate when you're going to go. Right. And we decided that and i actually we ended up firing one of the oncologists because they were so negative and their their whole conversation was doom and gloom and i said you know what i i went to the they had people there at the hospital and i said we have to change we have to change the oncologist i said the 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 energy and their 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 conversation and what they're speaking is is not helping us and we don't, we're not of that mindset. So we want somebody that's got a little more optimism, right? And so we did, we changed doctors um, and we started to really, you know, we got, um, there's a tea that's called God's herbal blessing tea. And this tea has been known to help people get through cancer and get through the symptoms of what happens when you're taking chemotherapy, right?
0: It's rough.
1: Yeah. So we got the tea and we, you know, and we just poured a lot of love, lots of love, lots of light. Right. And we got him three and a half more years. I mean, his whole wish was to be able to have more quality time with his family, as much time as he could get with his family. And that's what we gave him. That's what we got. We did for him. And and we just poured lots of love lots of that tea (laughs) made sure he was eating healthy and and just just nurturing you know Mm -hmm. so that was another journey of caregiving and love and and just you know empowerment if you would so my brother made his transition of course he was also diagnosed during this time with Alzheimer's Mm
2: -hmm. so
1: I was able to get involved with the community Being that I was a senior real estate specialist, I started getting involved in all these various organizations in in the city that specialize in in senior care and elder care and whatnot. And so it was very, very helpful while we were caring for our brother because we were able to get him very specific attention that's very specific to the things that he was was dealing with, with the cancer as well as the uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. Well, that, again, um, led to my desire to empower other real estate professionals, because I knew that I wasn't the only one who was dealing with these things, that there had to be other people who were also in the same position dealing with their family, who who were dealing with health challenges, dealing with dementia dealing with lifestyle transitions. And there's got to be support for that. And we've got to embrace each other and support each other for that. So, uh, I again, this is a a space that I went into, just like I did with the distressed properties and the the short sales and and whatnot. This is another space. So it was a 50-plus market. And with that comes probate That comes, you know, there comes trust sales. There comes um, all different kinds of things that happen with people going through lifestyle transitions, right? But at the end of the day, it's all mindset. It all ties into mindset. The circulation is all about mindset. Because with mindset, with empowered mindset, you can get through any of this. You can get through all of this. Yeah. So now I, I'm, I'm coaching. I'm doing a lot of coaching. And I coach people on being an empowered mindset, being the empowered mindset. And, and that's one of my companies now is really working with people on helping them to develop an empowered mindset so that they can get through anything. They can get through all things.
0: I love that. I work a lot with empowering people and their mindset and something that I call unity consciousness, Mm. of really unifying yourself with source and being as one and and really taking your strength from there. And I can just see how resilient your, the, the story of your resilience is through every story that you have told us. You can see and feel the energy of resilience of and it is that mindset it is that empowered mindset isn't it that brings us that resilience one of the other things that you do you're also a radio host as well on top of (laughs) everything else amazing you are definitely a multi-passionate woman have you struggled ever holding all of the passions because that can be difficult for people to navigate i know i'm definitely classed as multi-passionate but sometimes I used to have like my my super secret fantasy used to be, I would love if I could just love one thing, but I yeah. love all the things so <laughs> you know, now, now I've learned to navigate it, but has that been a problem for you as well big being? Time. Yeah.
2: big time.
1: that is probably the biggest challenge that I have today, and I work with several several coaches today mm-hmm. and i and, and I have to tell you my biggest challenge is that i am involved in so many different things and i can't you know (laughs) they'll say tony we want you to focus on one thing for a quarter one quarter you know for a quarter we want you to focus on one thing and drive that drive that and it's like how am i going to just focus on the one thing because i i have this and i have that and i have this over here and for And all of them are important to me. Mm
2: -hmm. And all of
1: them I love, right? So it is. That is a challenge. It's a challenge.
0: It's it's been a big challenge in my life too. And and now I've learned to leverage it. But it is. Yeah, it's learning to leverage it. But it's like like when they say pick one thing. It's like pick your favorite (laughs) child.
2: Right. No thanks.
0: You can't. You can't. Because you love them all. I love
1: um, that analogy. I yeah, love that. And
0: it it is. It is like, and it is so difficult. And I think often when we're being given this advice, it's by somebody who doesn't, who isn't as multi-passionate. Uh-huh. Um, it's definitely one of my specialties is working with people who are multi-passionate. And I love, you know, and I think, you know, with a multi-passionate brain, uh-huh we're actually not designed, I believe we're not designed to just yeah. hold in one passion at one time, like we're actually the, the genius of our minds is that we can actually hold in several.
1: Oh my god, I'm
2: so glad you said that,
0: you know, in several things at once, but yeah. it's learning how to navigate that and leverage it so that we don't over in our energy and move into a burnout type energy in our, in our own bodies that we yeah. can sustain it and often what I find is within our passions there's um what I call the golden thread
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and so for me my golden thread has always been metaphysics it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what business I did I've had a cafe yeah. I've had a you know I've had i I've been an artist I've um, even had a cupcakeery at one point I've you know i'm in a coach now that's what i work as now and an and yeah. online educator um, and in all of it there's been this element of spirit this element of always mm-hmm. wanting to help people mm-hmm. that's been a biggest the mm-hmm. biggest thing and i love that the same thread is in yours like this this drive to help other people to elevate others yeah been um, you know, a very similar drive that i've had um mm-hmm. tell us about your radio show, um, and what, when did you start this radio show? How long have you had it? In- oh, wow.
1: Well, the radio show was uh, initiated, <laughs> interestingly enough, this is an interesting story. My mother was a talk show, r- radio talk show junkie. She okay. listened to talk radio okay. all, the time, all the time. And from the time I, w- I can remember when I was a little girl, my mother always had a radio by her bed and she would have another little portable radio in the kitchen, (laughs) wherever she, and then in the car, she had her little radio that she was, she always listened to talk show. Now at some point she wanted me to be a journalist Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had no desire, had, (laughs) had no desire. And, you know, I got in entertainment, did my thing. I was never in front of the camera. I was always behind the scenes working with, with the, the, the administrative, you know, the deal-making process. Well, when my mom made her transition, um, there was a, an email that I got from a company who, this was right around that time where I had been, you know, I was still coming through that short sale distressed property space that we were dealing with and I got a uh, an email from a company called uh, real estate radio network and they were glo- they were nationwide and they were going to be launching in Los Angeles and they wanted someone they wanted they wanted someone to be a radio host that would represent and help to bring you know empower people to to get through this this market that we were dealing with and this economy that we were dealing with and they wanted a voice they wanted a voice that would help to empower people right and uh they said you know this is this would be a great opportunity to enhance your business you know blah 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 make a longer story short i ended up becoming a radio host because mm-hmm. they asked me to help to bring the the, the the community back into a mindset where they were feeling more confident, more confident about the direction of our economy, and because things were starting to come back at that time. This was two thousand eleven. So I took I took it on, and uh, I'd never done it in my life before. But I tell you that that this is after my mom made her transition, <laughs> and I swear to you, it was like literally. Within 60 days of her passing, this opportunity was presented to me. And I said, that is my mother. <laughs> because she, and this was a talk show, right? And it was all about real estate, finance, you know. It really wasn't
0: political. It was all her job. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to tune in from heaven.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's how it started. I actually got trained to be a, a radio host. Um, I had no experience whatsoever, uh, but I had a great, great teacher, great coach, and one of my colleagues who was working with me in the real estate business, he was one of my employees, actually, is another agent, but he was one of my short sale negotiators, but he was a great, he was great on the radio, and he's always wanted to be an actor, right? (laughs) So he ended up being my co-host on the radio show. So that was fun. And then I, I did that show for several years and then I went on hiatus. I put the show on hiatus when my brother got ill. So, um, and you know, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I've been doing a lot of other appearances on other shows and people always say, we, you know, we want you back on live, you know? So I'm, uh, I feel like I haven't left you know it's been amazing
2: it's been
0: really it's been amazing I love how you have had a lot of challenges in life and as they've been thrown to you you've been really been able to pivot and I think if 2020 had Mm. uh, um, a word for 2020 the word well the words that we can actually say on air (laughs) and the words that we can't But the word would be pivot for me. That would be the word of 2020. And I think so many people were thrown such a curveball with COVID. Yeah. And, you know, and you've, it sounds to me like you have pivoted with such grace each time and risen to the challenge of what is happening. But not only risen for the challenge for yourself, but being able to include others as you've risen in that challenge to elevate the energy of other people in doing so. Um what's your best tips for dealing with any big kind of major life challenge? Is there do you have some do you have some go-to things that you go for like that this is how what this is how I shift my mindset or this is how I do this?
1: You know, my biggest tip if you would would be to stay close to source. You know it's really important. I mean, every day we must stay close to source and we must start our days connected to source. And when we don't, when we're, when we do not do this, you will find yourself really, really uh, just distressed because, it. you know, you, you, if you are not connected i mean we have to work on ourselves and we've got to start off with gratitude Mm. we've got to really acknowledge what we're grateful for on a daily basis like every day so i have a exercise called Ten Ten, and so i'll share this because i think it's a it's a game changer and when you practice it on a on it on a daily basis forever i mean I say forever because, in, in my in my feeling, is it, you know, why not, <laughs> why not, you know? But but 10, 10 is the, is the exercise. You every day, you write down ten things that you are grateful for, and then you write down the ten things that you want to attract into your life, and just that exercise in and of itself. Will
2: shift. We'll have a major
0: shift. Yeah. So we have we have a similar exercise in the million dollar community where we get people to write ten things they're grateful for. But I love the ten ten where we're adding in ten things we want to attract. That feels really juicy and really expansive. I love that. Yeah. Um, that's a very powerful process because I know how powerful the first half of it is just finding 10 things each day to be grateful for have yep. you know it completely shifted my life from a place that was quite challenging into where I am now where I'm in my seven figure year growing my business and nice. I've been able to retire my husband and bring him on board and we nice. have brought um, you know, we have a, a small team, we're a team of uh, five all together, including myself, and you know, and it's beautiful that in the way that we've been able to grow this business uh, on completely on organic reach, and um, wow. and you know, and uh, been able to elevate and help so many people, and you know, I live in a tiny little village in the north of Scotland, and we have 1,500 people in our village.
2: Really? Uh, wow.
0: In my online academy, I have over six thousand people enrolled in my courses. Wow! So That's it's awesome. like it's four times the amount that live in my village. Yeah. And it's always like a little fact that just tickles me so much because I think, wow, I can live here in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And um, and then I can also make huge global impact because of the internet.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Isn't that, Isn't that something?
0: it's so i'm so grateful for it i'm so grateful for it and i love the part of the world that you're in we were in california a couple of years ago and then we went we also went to phoenix and we went to sedona for a little bit as well beautiful it it was gorgeous it was amazing um to somebody that's grown up in europe to see big cactuses (laughs) (laughs) the most exciting that's
2: so funny (laughs)
0: It was worth a plane fare alone just to see giant cactuses growing alongside the road. It was amazing. Yeah, I loved that's it. Something.
1: That's something. And it. we all take those things for granted.
0: It's crazy. Isn't it amazing when you yeah. that that's I think the gift with travel when we move around and things like that and we start to realize that, oh why wow, this landscape that I took so for granted. It's not like this anywhere else in the world. And and things like that and I love um, reminding people that gratitude does not need to be the grand things you know you don't need to have right. the, the grand house or the grand car and all it can be it can be the fact that you might have a washing machine in your house and you don't have to yeah. do the washing by hand you know like yeah. what a chore that would be to do that by hand or if you can go into your refrigerator and take something cold out imagine if you didn't have right. that ability you know like what a right what a pain that would be, you know, there's so many little things that are in our everyday lives that can add into this practice of gratitude. Yeah. I have um, really loved hearing about your story. So what, what is next on your agenda? You sound like a woman that doesn't rest very often.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, um, I've been working with people on tapping into their genius and I have a an assessment that uh, a company that I've been working with it's it's um it's wealth dynamics okay. talent dynamics and um, this assessment literally shows you who you are and what your genius is right
2: mm.
1: and what's interesting and what was very um Um, it's just really rewarding, if you would, and freeing to find out what your genius is and then realize that, you know, this multitasking thing that we've been talking about. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, my profile, it's very in alignment with my profile. And so once you know what your profile is, there's eight, profiles around this square, if you would. And once you tap into your profile, which is your genius, then you focus on what your strengths are, not what your weaknesses are. Mm. And you identify what those other profiles are, and you surround yourself, talking about leverage, you surround yourself with people who have the strengths in the areas in which you may have your shortcomings, okay? So it's so powerful to really tap into your genius. So I use this as a part of my practice now. And I work with companies and I work with um, individuals, you know, real estate professionals, in showing them how to really maximize their their gifts. Because the truth is, each one of us is a genius and mm-hmm. we have our own we have our own genius we have our own you know passion work and it's a natural gift that we have so uh i really have been tapping into that and helping people to tap into that as well so yeah i, I, I've,
0: I love this In my first book get selfish the way is through um I had the quote by Albert Einstein, which is everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb trees.
1: That is the quote.
0: That is that the quote, is right? The quote. That is the quote, that isn't it? Is the quote. And the thing that. is we are all capable of genius, but if we yeah. if we think that we are a fish and we're trying to climb trees, that's right, and we don't know that we're a fish, that's right. Then you know, then and then there's giant oceans out there where we are designed to exa- excel. It's finding the conditions exactly. in exactly. which you're designed to excel. I love it. I love yeah. it. And it reminds yeah. me so much of that quote, and it's one of my favorite because I was just speaking to another guy that was on the podcast, Alex Hargrove, and he was talking really about how you know he wasn't very academic. Uh-huh. even though he then ended up going to law school and he went from a two point GPA and then went to law school and was like, you know, just by a sh- making a shift uh-huh. in applying learning in a way that would be good for him. Uh-huh. And, and he did all this through his own efforts and became a straight A student wow you know and really just because he realized he didn't do well with textbooks but what he did do really really well with was youtube so he youtubed his way through law school which i thought was like so incredible so he would watch lectures and things on youtube Mm -hmm. and then he would be able to bring to the class like Mm -hmm. absolute gold Mm
2: -hmm. that assured that
0: yes so powerful and I think, you know, especially when it comes to children and we're, you know, we're in our early developmental years yeah. where, you know, this is where we can create this impact of a child believing they're stupid mm. when actually, in fact, mm-hmm. they are, you know, so powerful in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. and I I just, you know, for me, it was... Um, I, I just chatted to him just before your podcast and I think you know this is so true because I felt the same you know in, in I felt frustrated in school school wasn't really designed for my brain and um, mm-hmm. whereas my brain was very much designed for problem solving and for um, entrepreneurship really 100% yeah, yeah. for an entrepreneur I mean yeah. even my mother says as a child I didn't play with dolls I I made stuff for them instead I made malls mini malls out like shoe boxes and then I made and then I made them all work in the different shops mm-hmm. and they would all and all my little Barbies will all would all own their own stores and that's how I played with dolls like I didn't even play with dolls like in the normal way so even yeah. though, you know, even at four years five years I was like already making shops which I ended up having. I had three shops at one stage. So wow. Wow. It is. It's um it's beautiful. And I, I love um speaking to other multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Yeah. it's great. If Growing a seven-figure business. If you know, if you are listening to this and you're in my million-dollar experiment and you're trying to grow a seven-figure business or you're trying to create seven figures, what um what's your biggest tips in around? attraction of financial wealth and and really looking at that do you believe that it's really important to pick something that is service-based or do we how have you built your own wealth in your own life and business
1: you know I it's all about service for me it's all about being of service um and I know this might sound a little crazy but I will say it's, it's really not about the money The money is is energy. It's energy that flows. And it's a means of being able to. uh, Money is is very important, don't get me wrong, because we can't have an impact on people without it. We can't be of service without it. We've got it, you know, it's got to flow. It's part of the energy flow. And, uh, you know, the more you can be of service, the more that you can. Stay close to your passion, stay close to source. You will be provided for. You will always be provided for. Um, like this that? is something that I have learned over the years is that you don't have to chase it. You don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Worry is gonna block it. You know. Yeah. Worry will block it. Greed will block it. Um, it's all karmic, you know, so we just have to know that. And and listen, yes, building, building a six, seven figure, uh, income is a powerful thing. You can, and you can have an impact on the world with the more money that you're making, the more changes you can make, the more you can help somebody and in big ways. Right. So uh, that's a very powerful vision and dream and desire. As long as you keep things in perspective and understand that at the end of the day, it's about being of service. It's about, and that's, that's just me. You know, that's just me. I'm not saying that this is how someone should be. I
0: totally agree. It is about being of service. And there's, there's a couple of sayings that I have that, um, I work, I channel a collective consciousness and and when I work with them, they're called Skylar and they've told me a couple of things that I really love that when you serve, you get served mm-hmm. and it does not serve you to be in lack or to be in want or need. Mm-hmm. So when you focus on yeah. the service and you're there for other people, then you really, and if you're there with your whole heart, you can't be yeah. there in resentment or you can't be there in like wishing you were somewhere else. Like you have to be fully, fully in the energy Of being in in the source alignment of I truly wish to serve in this moment and if you are in that energy then those that serve are always served Mm. which I love beautiful beautiful. and um and then the other saying that Skylar has said many times to me is source does not know broke
2: Mm -hmm. that is the truth
0: that right, and so when you yes. really, really connect with Source on such yes. a deep level, yes. yes, yes, it's impossible for you. You, you, yes. there's a coding in your in your energy mm-hmm. that cannot code for not having enough, mm-hmm. because Source is coded to being the source of all things.
1: Yes, yes. And when See, we connect, I, I feel like I'm at church right now.
0: i love it i love it i
1: love it i mean i have my own church right we you know how we do right
0: absolutely i I
1: literally i love 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 uh what you're sharing here i love what you're doing i would love to be a part of your 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 community
0: we will make that happen absolutely it would
1: be an honor yeah we will make that happen
0: for you so I I love I mean I love the teachings of Skylar they're beautiful they're all like this they're they're short and so profound and yeah yeah, it's it just it speaks to my soul and it the soul of my clients when they hear the wisdom and it is it's so true it's absolutely everything that you've said you know stay close to source yeah who you are it is our truth yeah and and when we step out of that, we feel often adrift in life when we are not close to source. Mm-hmm. That's where our suffering comes from, our separation from source.
1: That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. That is so on point. And, and, and as, as you, you know, I can't tell you how powerful this this, this conversation has been. I, I, I have not had, uh, well, I I just will tell you that this has been a powerful, powerful uh, visit with you. And I'm really, really excited and and enjoyed it immensely. Well,
0: I definitely feel that we are kindred spirits. And uh, I love the work that you're doing in the world. Tell people where they can find you online if they are. And we're going to link you all in the show notes. But if they are like, I need to know more about this woman, how can they find you?
1: You know, I have a site. Called empoweredmindset.com. dot com. It's very easy. Empoweredmindset.com. dot com. It'll come right to me. Um, but I also have my 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 TonyPatillo dot com.
0: Okay.
1: I'm all over social media at Tony Patillo, and uh, that's that's the best way to find me. Just my name, Tony Patillo. Okay. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. I have absolutely loved every minute of this. Um, And I felt so honored to interview you because you are a true woman of resilience. Mm. And it's so empowering to hear another woman who has met her challenges with such grace and strength. It's beautiful. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm
2: so grateful. Thank you. It's been wonderful.